Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Another week, another episode of the Electronic Cottage focusing on the digital ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's really no surprise. After all, we're still in the midst of the pandemic and there is little scientific evidence that we'll be out of it anytime soon, despite the rantings of certain politicians. But eventually, we will be past the worst of it, at which point, life again will once again, quote, return to normal, end quote. But what is that phrase actually going to mean post-COVID-19? What will be normal? That is a very good question. And while there are no definitive answers as yet, because we're still in the midst of it, certain things in the wider world seem to be pretty clear changes that will outlive the pandemic crisis itself. Inequality will likely be worse. Big businesses will have survived and even grown, while many small businesses will probably not have survived at all. The medical industry will be in a crisis on many levels, not the least of which will be maintaining trained medical providers sufficient to meet the health needs of the populations they serve. And the list goes on, and will probably include a number of surprises that no one has thought of as yet. But our immediate focus of interest is the digital world, and its intersection with our everyday lives. A very important question in the digital realm, as in many others, is what will normal look like in the wake of this coronavirus epidemic? In the digital realm, what kind of changes will outlive the crisis? Once again, there is no way to know for sure what will last beyond this crisis, since the crisis continues. But there are a few possibilities, some perhaps benign, some much less so. A whole lot more people have been using video conferencing of one sort or another during this shelter-in-place time. Even Saturday Night Live managed to put on a pretty good show with the cast all in different locales. And they're not the only ones. Lots of people are working from home. Online video connection has made that much more possible and, for many businesses, reasonably effective. A lot of college students and a lot of high school students and even grammar school students have been joining online classrooms. It's April now, but some colleges have already decided to hold fall classes online and are experimenting with ways to make that kind of learning more effective. And of course, families and friends who've seldom used much digital technology have been holding all sorts of events online, from catch-up visiting sessions to seders to the occasional marriage. So, one very possible long-term tech effect of COVID-19 may well be making these kinds of online meetings a much more normal occurrence. Companies that have resisted letting employees work from home may be much more inclined to do so now, and not only allow, but actually embrace the use of work-from-home employment, especially once they figure out that it could actually save companies money. Educational institutions may also find that using online tools can be effective, flexible, and, more importantly, cost-saving. In short, we're betting that the use of video for purposes other than binge-watching old episodes of Friends will increase significantly and will become part of the new normal. Another trend, this one perhaps more troubling, is the use of increased digital surveillance by both large companies and governments, and a tendency to declare that access to information 
needs to be restricted during an emergency. History shows us that declarations of national emergencies often outlive the actual emergencies that spawn them in many countries around the world, including ours. In Taiwan, currently, everyone's location during this emergency is tracked using their cell phones. Now Taiwan has integrated its national health database with its location monitoring capabilities. If someone has shown coronavirus symptoms and is quarantined, if they stray beyond a sort of electronic fence from where they're supposed to be sheltering at home, they get a call or even a physical visit from authorities. In Hong Kong, when you come into the country, you get a bracelet to wear with a GPS locator, and authorities know if you're staying within your quarantine area for the first 14 days in the country. Germany, Singapore, of course China, and several other countries are using cell phone location and other tracking technologies in similar or even more extensive ways. And here in the U.S., Google and Apple have announced smartphone apps that will be available over the next few months to alert you if you've crossed paths with someone who's tested positive for COVID-19 so that you can self-quarantine for 14 days. This will supposedly be a voluntary opt-in program, at least at the beginning, and will somehow supposedly be anonymous. Perhaps not surprisingly, this sounds very much like a program that's been discussed in federal government circles that would not be voluntary and that would include tapping into health provider data systems. That program has not yet become real. The basis for this kind of tech is so-called contact tracing, a very powerful public health tool. If someone has an infectious disease, it makes good sense to find all the people that person has been in contact with during the period in which that person is infectious, and then find and warn the people that the person has been in contact with. These types of initiatives seem to make good sense in this time of COVID-19. In the eyes of many, an exchange of some personal privacy and autonomy is warranted for an increase in public health and safety. For a moment, let's assume that is the case. What is the likelihood that such technology, once developed, will disappear after the emergency is over? And what is the likelihood that such contact tracing technology will be limited to tracking only infectious diseases rather than, for example, political activity? Quite a few people and groups concerned with personal rights in this country and around the world are not at all so sure. This is a fast-moving topic, and we'll do our best to keep moving with it right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Mm -hmm.